Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And uh, as always, we want to have you help us elevate the conversation. You can do that on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500. As I mentioned before the break, uh, a lot of things heating up, not just the wildfires. The uh, political season is on. It is post-Labor Day, and nothing could be better post-Labor Day than Scott Rasmussen. (laughs) Scott, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks, boys. <laughs> I know that's a new that's a new intro for you. I thought I'd give it a thought I'd give it a shot. Uh, Scott, of course, is our uh, partner and uh, pollster with the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics and uh, brand new survey. And before we get to the the numbers, uh, we're going to start with just the fourth congressional today. We have a lot of fascinating numbers to roll out over the course of the week. Uh, but I, I want to talk for just a second about this idea of. The likely voter, because we often hear that we hear, you know, before Labor Day, it's uh, just registered voters and we go to likely voters. What does that all mean, especially in a pandemic year? You know, uh, the idea of identifying likely voters or building a likely voter model is more of an art than a science. Uh, And one of the real challenges is there are millions of Americans across the country and who knows how many people in Utah who don't know if they're going to show up and vote. Uh, Some of them are simply disengaged from politics, and every now and then they they get involved because maybe a campaign contacted them, or four years ago Donald Trump successfully reached a number of those people. Um, Others, you know, when when your pollster reaches out, we typically ask how likely they are to vote, and that's pretty good at weeding out people who aren't interested in the process. But research also tells us that – a decent number of people who say they're definitely going to vote Don't. never get around to it. <laughs> uh, so so what we try to do in a normal year is use history. We know, for example, that young voters show up less than older voters. We know that people who you know, have a habit of voting are more likely to vote than those with casual, but, uh, with casual history. But in a pandemic, all those rules begin to go out the window. And, you know, I think we just need to recognize that when we talk about a likely voter poll, uh, there's a range of possibilities. And uh, we need to take them as a starting point for a discussion rather than, you know, this is not the voice of God giving you the answer to what the race will turn out like. <laughs> oh, I thought that's that voice I had in my head when you called. <laughs> Uh, you had also mentioned in a uh, in a piece a couple of weeks ago uh, another phrase that I think this is really important for our listeners to understand. Uh, often in a a poll question, uh, you will hear something like, "If the election were held today, how would you vote?" Uh, and you broke that down just a little bit. Give us some perspective on that. Well, sure. Uh, you know, sometimes people say, "Oh my gosh, this poll was way wrong because you know they they said this at this time of year and the election turned out differently." We are not saying what the election will be. We are saying what it would be if it were held today. So if I was talking about the presidential race right now, um, I would point out that uh, there's debate on September 29th 
uh, between Joe Biden and Donald Trump that could have a significant impact on perceptions of the candidates, uh, seeing them on the stage together. So a poll that is asked if the election were held the day before that debate uh, might turn out to be quite different after that debate. And, right. and again, that, that timing aspect, we actually saw that in the primaries in Utah. Uh, Mike Bloomberg was doing well in the poll that we did uh, for, for the Deseret News. And uh, and then Mike Bloomberg had one of the worst debate performances in history, so he didn't do as well in the in the right, play. right. Fascinating. Well, let's get to Utah's fourth congressional. That's got a lot of interest, not only here in the state and in the district, but it also has a, a lot of national implications on it as well. And uh, give us a little breakdown. What did you see? Anything surprise you in that fourth congressional race? Well, the thing that doesn't surprise me is it's close. The incumbent, McAdams, is up by four points, 45 percent to 41 percent. The breakdowns are fairly typical from what we would see, um, you know, on a partisan basis um, and and in terms of other demographics. Uh, You know, based on the conversation we just had, you know, again, McAdams is up by four points. I'd certainly rather be up by four than down. Uh, but it's a poll with a three-and-a-half-point margin of error mm-hmm. um, and several weeks to go until Election Day, so it's close. The best news for uh, for Owens in the poll is that when you get to the category of undecided voters, people who aren't sure, there's a lot more Republicans in that category than Democrats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if they decide to come back to their own party, uh, well, that would make the race a little bit different than it is today. If those Republicans all vote for Owens and the undecided Democrats all vote for McAdams, uh, it's going to be a while till we count all the ballots and know who wins. Yeah, man, fascinating stuff. They, uh, both the candidates have a, a pretty positive uh, perception in terms of favorability. Uh, I did think it was interesting that uh, obviously the incumbent has the advantage uh, of the incumbency and a little more name recognition, still 21% that uh, are not familiar uh, with Burgess Owens yet, and it, that is uh, always the challenge for the challenger. It's a challenge, and it can go in either direction. Uh, you know, there may be people learn more and more things. They say, oh, I really can't uh, vote for him, or maybe they get a more positive view. Uh, but you, you made the comment that the incumbent always has a little bit of a name recognition advantage. And right now, that's playing out in the fact that uh, 92% of Democrats are going to vote for the Democratic congressman, uh, but 19% of Republicans will as well. You know, they've seen uh, they've seen him, and they and they're comfortable with him. Uh, and I think this is a very critical election in a for a Democrat running in a Republican district. Uh, you know, you're always running against the the political gravity of the area. But if uh, if McAdams is able to win and get a second term, uh, it, it could begin to build a situation where he will be unbeatable for quite a while. And then Utah 4 would be represented by a Democrat for many years to come. Yeah, I, I think we've seen that movie with uh, someone else who carries the Matheson name. Jim Matheson, of course, uh, was the original uh, second district and it w- became the fourth district. And uh, he was there for quite some time. And uh, that incumbency uh, opportunity and advantage uh, definitely seems to play out. Uh, Scott, just about 30 seconds left here. Uh, anything else surprise you just in this fourth congressional uh, race uh, moving past Labor Day and uh, into the home stretch? Nothing, nothing really surprised me. But, uh, you know, I think there's very definitely a sense that uh, McAdams has done a good job uh, building some support as the incumbent. 
but he faces the challenge of being a Democrat in a Republican-leaning district. Uh, the national trends are going to impact this race. If mm. things get better for President Trump between now and Election Day, that'll be good for Owens. If they get better for Joe Biden, that'll be good for McAdams. All right, very good. Scott Rasmussen, pre- appreciate you helping us break down the new Deseret News, Hinckley Institute of Politics poll. Uh, I think we'll have you back later this week as we roll out some more of the uh, fascinating numbers yet to come. That sounds great. All right. Again, that's uh, Scott Rasmussen, our tag team partner in our uh, polling uh, with the Deseret News and Hinckley Institute of Politics. And again, this fourth congressional race, uh, as Scott was mentioning, uh, I do think it is going to ebb and flow as the national race goes, uh, as uh, things sway either towards uh, Joe Biden or towards President Trump. I think you'll see a lot of fluctuation there. The thing that I'm most fearful of in this race is what we're already seeing Uh, And that is the negative campaigning by the outside groups. The national groups are starting to weigh in uh, and they're doing that in a in a big way uh, in terms of that negative campaigning again on both sides. So we'll continue to watch that. I never think that plays very well in Utah, Uh, but much more polling to come uh, as we move forward. All right. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Doug Wilkes will join us. Some interesting things from inside the newsroom here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.